listeners, this is Barely in Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast, a podcast for the Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. This week's episode, episode six, It's a Glorious Day to Hate the Haves, is a discussion of the more recent aspects of the Bruins-Canadians rivalry. Honestly, we could have a whole season of episodes about the history of these two original six teams. As always, I'm VA, and I'm joined by our usual panel of Anthony, Jeff, Kate, Nick, and Tim. Don't worry, we'll also cover the Bear Necessities, and we will have some shout-outs for the listeners. Enjoy! Hey guys, what do we talk about this week's games? Let's do it. Alright, so why don't we start off with that Preds game. Now, besides my newfound love for Roman Yossi, there were other <laughs> things that happened in that game. And yes, I shouldn't love him because he scored twice. Didn't he score twice against yeah. the Bruins? Yeah, he that, did, yeah. Like that. But man, he is too beautiful. <laughs> I so rarely get this way. Okay, but anyway, the Predators game. How did that game go? Anybody have any thoughts? I, I can summarize it. It went bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was boring. The Bruins were tired. And mm. that wasn't... That wasn't a very pretty game. I uh, felt a little bit bad about clearing my night to watch it. I see. I don't mind a Bruins loss. If it's an entertaining loss, hey, I had a good time. It was good stuff. But yeah, me and my brother were watching that thing. We're like, oh, okay, well, that, the game's over. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's tough to have your energy up after uh, three games out, out west. And then yeah. all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're, you're uh, put back in the Eastern time zone with Montreal coming up after that, their minds just weren't in that game. They just weren't in that game. You know, they had three players that had sat previous games that could have maybe made a difference there. You know, um, Seidenberg, um, uh, Miller, uh, Colin Miller, and uh, Hayes were still scratched for uh, the Preds game, right? That, mm-hmm. See, they could have yeah, had, they had some fresh legs there, but no, no instead, uh, everyone that played against the, um, the Canucks was in instead. Yeah, I mean, it's curious because usually when we see a tired Bruins team or a lack of effort we see that after a spread of days where they haven't played you know it's mm-hmm. like a four day four days in between where they haven't played so um it's very rare to actually see them play like this where they were out west for a bit they had one day off in between and they and who was it was it Jack Edwards who kept saying oh they traveled the on Sunday instead of leaving on Saturday night and I'm like well, I mean, I guess that does make some difference, but uh, I have a feeling they were just going to be terrible this game anyway. I was going to say, at that point, I don't know how much a red eye versus just waiting till Sunday morning. That's probably kind of a push. Still, there were players that hadn't played in, 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 in Vancouver that must have been fresher than some of the guys that played in, 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 that, 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 that did, right? So, Was was Seidenberg hurt? I, didn't, I never quite understood why they were scratching him. They just want to mix things up? I think that, you know, he's older and he's still kind of recovering from the back injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, he kind of came back early. Um, yeah. And the first couple of games, he looked like he came back early. And then it, he actually seems yeah, to be moving cool. pretty well now. Yeah. I, I was speaking with Emily Benjamin. Actually, I asked her about Colin Miller and Dennis Seidenberg being scratched. And she was basically saying she herself didn't even know whether it was like a you know, an injury-related scratch or just a healthy scratch thing. It was maybe mm. somewhere in between, she said. So, hmm. well, I mean, yeah. maybe sometimes people get banged up, but it's not a real injury and just give them a couple of days off, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. smart. Um, but, you know, with Seidenberg, I think, what, he's like 34 now. It's probably mm. more needed than not mm. uh, since he's just become an injury situation 
on the ice. So what about, oh, looks like Anthony has something to say. Yeah, with having 8D currently on the NHL roster, you, we have that luxury of if someone tickets a stinger, just sit the next one out, have someone else fill in. You don't need to push yourself too much. It's an 82-game season. You know, just heal up, get ready for the next one, and then go for it. I know. It's just so hard when we see Kevin Miller yeah. out there. <laughs> well, he so scored bad. in that Preds game. He did. He, he did. Everybody yeah. was surprised. <laughs> and he actually looked good yesterday, which was weird. Oh, yeah, man. the Florida game. Yeah, yeah. Were, like, so did disgusted. McQuaid too. It was a very strange game. <laughs> well, with Kevin Miller playing in that Florida game, he was playing bottom pairing. That's yeah. his role. Like he's not better than a five or a six. So when he plays uh, top four minutes, he gets beat. He gets beat mm. all the time. He's not not a strong enough player to to handle those minutes or those uh, the competition against him. Well, yeah, I mean he's barely a five six. And on yeah. uh, on a better team, a better team defensively, he wouldn't crack the roster at all. So, oh, yes, oh. Nick. He'd probably be the best defenseman on the Penguins right now. Oh, God. <laughs> first line defenseman, first pairing defenseman, <laughs> Warsawski. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm so happy to see the kid getting a shot, but that's just, that's just a lose-lose situation. And for listeners, if you're not too familiar with the Penguins, defensive uh, pairing situation. It's really bad. You think the Bruins are struggling? Man, the grass is not greener in Pittsburgh, my friends. It is It is dead. It is dying. It's uh, it's dead and dying, and it's becoming a zombie, and it just died again. That's their defense right now. <laughs> well, Johnson just got fired yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he also deserved it, though. We're playing them soon, too, I just saw. Home and home, yeah. That'll be interesting. <laughs> It will. My <laughs> Sully returns. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, former uh, Mike Sullivan. He was good for what one year? What he had one good year and then one bad year in Boston. And to be fair, the bad year couldn't possibly have been his fault because that team after the lockout. Wow. Oh, I, <laughs> after that lockout year, I remember picking up a uh, the Hockey News magazine, and the uh, headline was "The Bruins in Ruins." Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much, yeah. We'll just let everyone go to free agency. It'll be cool. No, 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 no. Well, okay, how long ago was that for the uninitiated? Was that like um, 2004? Are you talking about that long? It's 05, oh, that's 0506. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So at least you have Patrice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, last year of a million-year-old Brian Leach, who was actually pretty good, um, despite being a bajillion years old at that point. Um, he was just injured a lot, but when he was playing, he was good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they lost Samsonov, Ralston, Allison that that year to free agency, right? Um, I think Allison was Allison might have been earlier. I think the guys they let go were included: Ralston, Knubel, um, Nylander, Gonchar. Wow, Gonchar, huh? We, yeah, Gonchar oh. and, and Michael and, and Nylander were, and Nylander were both them uh, acquired at the deadline the season before the lockout, right? So hmm. yes, I remember that. That was a team that went hard, committed hard, and just completely flamed out. That wasn't good. So anyway, so let's talk about that Habs game because that was amazing. I mean, oh, yeah. the most exciting game ever as far as those two teams playing against each other. But man, oh man, the result was fantastic. Oh, I mean, for what I watched, it was a totally action-packed. <laughs> Tim, so you saw like the last few minutes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say, Tim, you look like you want to say something about this. I'm just pumped that Tuca beat the Habs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he got 
the monkey off his back a little bit there by beating them in the regular season. It's something where he always oh he he always generally plays pretty bad against them, and then he played, he played really well. He actually really kind of kept them in the game. He had a lot of big saves, and oh, yeah. um, oh, yeah, then man. when they got the scoring on the third, it just came in a drove three goals, boom. Mostly that one goal was a weird wonky uh, deflection off of Trotman's chest, right? So yeah. you can't even hold that hold Tuka responsible for that shit. So yeah, if it wasn't yeah. for that fluky goal, it would have been a shutout. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was he put on a clinic yep. that day. It was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, Tuka looked beautiful yesterday too. You know, the last two games he's just played very well. He's got he looks like he's just very fluid in his mobility and yeah. able to just slide side to side really easily. Just looks like he knows what's going on. And I yeah. I don't know what's exactly going on, but man, I love it. He's got like a 946 save percentage over his yeah. last games or something like that. It's ridiculous. And yeah, he's something so great. that I think that's coincided with that is the defense playing a little bit better. And mm-hmm. he kind of, I feel like he's kind of maybe gaining more confidence in the defense. Therefore, he's maybe not, I don't know, trying to press as much and just kind of letting the flow of the game come to him and see everything in, in front of him. Well, yes, Nick. Uh, as I once reported on a previous podcast, he always struggles in October. His best months are November and then something later in the year, but December is really good for him too. So he's just finally hitting stride. Um, I just kind of wish, I guess the rest of the NHL would take notice. The rest of the Bruins fan would take notice. Because if you just look at his stats right now, like, oh, his eh, stats are not that good. But it's just because he just had a horrible first five games. But no, mm-hmm. Tuka's back. He listened to our podcast. He's like, you know what? You're right. I do need to to, to improve, and he has. He's also going to play drums with you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. He's actually not that good of a drummer. I've seen some clips. He's. I guess maybe he's been busy for the last couple. Blasphemy. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, he's no. like what into Finnish death metal. I mean, how much technique is there to that anyway? There's a lot of technique to that. There is. <laughs> you have to have incredible <laughs> rhythm yeah. and yeah. strength. Yeah, and your calves, your calf stamp. muscles have to be Especially super in shape to do metal. Yeah. Double kick. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Actually, I should play that because I could do that. But mostly, my my drum technique is my Sharona, and that makes me very, very sad. So anyway, <laughs> so Anthony, I saw that you had your hand up a little while ago, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk. Um, the best part about that game for Tuka Rask against Montreal is no one was talking about how he can't beat the Habs. I heard nothing from the Rask haters. Uh, it was, and I think Tim hit it right on the head where he's more confident with the defense. Um, Rask plays his best when he's, uh, letting the game come to him for sure. He doesn't need to go out. He's not a Tim Thomas goaltender where he's going to go out there and, uh, you know, just knock somebody down to get it get to the puck he's gonna let it come to him excellent well, that's one thing there a lot of the rask haters i think they still haven't really wrapped their head around having a goaltender that doesn't do that i think that's been the, the cause of it even banner years the guys going nuts on rask because they got accustomed to seeing a you know borderline psychopath in net and tim thomas and we got a little <laughs> bit of, yeah. we got a taste of that in, in Hudobin as well right so oh god yeah. i think I tim mean, thomas tim thomas was good for us and then when he st- no, he took that year off. He was horrible. He, I don't understand why people were saying, like, let's bring back Tim Thomas, because whatever he had, he wasn't having it then. I his, mean, His style did not work when he didn't have support. If he was off, he was bad. Do you remember how horrible he looked in, in, in 09, in 09 10, in 2010? 
Yeah. Uh, he's injured all season, sure, but like watching him was almost upsetting that season because his style looks extra bad when it's not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Tim Thomas. Uh, he. I think he started eating hamburgers again or something after uh, he left Boston. Uh, because I read an interview with him when he started to really improve his his play. He started to do lots of yoga. He lost weight. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're for you really old school Bruins fans, I guess. I guess 2000, 2003, and 04, the Bruins used to have like a section on their webpage, like what's your favorite food or what's your pre-game uh, routine, post-game routine. And his pre- and post-game routine was eating hamburgers. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are delicious. He switched it off. He switched yeah, it so- off, though, to like a, a like a night before cheeseburger. That's what I had heard. So I guess like he cut it down, but not totally out. How and, do you think um, Whiteside's I- like that? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I, I, after leaving uh, Boston, he that year off, he, he probably ate a lot of hamburgers in his, in his bunker. bunker. Yeah, in his bunker. <laughs> forget the bunker. Too too much canned chili while living in the bunker, really. Oh man, <laughs> all those preservatives and processed foods. Yeah, it's just a shame. <laughs> canned chili is fine in a pinch for your chili dog, but man, you don't do that if you respect yourself. <laughs> And his helmet, his helmet looked dumb in Florida too. He never should have got rid of the, the. Uh, in God we I, trust. I thought that helmet was great looking. It was, it was cool. It was a good hybrid of the old school, you know, regular helmet cage combo. But then he went to the Florida. It looked like some 1950s spaceman looking thing. I huh. my finger on it. Was that when Changed. he just wore the black helmet? It was black. Then it was. Then he had this red. Uh, this chrome red one that was the weirdest looking one he never could quite uh which you see that when someone isn't on their game uh you know oh blame the equipment blame the gear not not the person uh he was switching out stuff left and right i was reading it on all these goalie uh forums and like yeah he he was switching out his equipment constantly in florida it's just superstitious yeah it's just too bad that that whole combo of he and bobby lou just didn't didn't last longer than the what day or two or five minutes. It was minutes. like an hours. Like an hour. <laughs> hours. That's really too bad because that just would have been something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to remind you that we are barely on topic. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I, I kind of wanted to get back to talking about the Habs a little bit because, you know, it's always a glorious day to hate the Habs. It really yeah. is. Damn you know, Skippy. I, I said in our in an email that we sent back yesterday, back and forth, we could go a whole season of episodes talking about the Bruins Habs rivalry. It is that long, that epic, that great. My favorite <laughs> Bruins Habs memory. It was the year before the season long lockout. So uh, if you can, someone just want to throw out the year there, you can help me out. Oh, that one. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. And uh, first round of the playoffs. Game four, leading series 2-1, Kovalev, Alexander Kovalev for the Habs, got got nicked uh, around center ice in overtime and acted like his hand was just killing him, killing him, killing him, trying to, you know, trying to get a call. He was skating with his head down and ran into his own defenseman, who I believe was Sheldon Surrey at the time. Surrey coughed up the puck. Glenn Murray comes in, breakaway, shoots it. Right past Theodore, game over. Bruins are leading the series 3-1. Unfortunately, the Bruins did lose the series. But that, to me, that one game, uh, I was actually in Massachusetts at the time watching it. 
at my grandparents' house. Um, that that's my favorite my favorite memory. If if I'm not mistaken, I remember seeing that video, and he kept complaining about the injured glove up through the the, the goal, like he was injured totally. Glove. Or the, yeah, well, yeah, was, whatever it was, the glove. injured hand. It yeah. wasn't. He wasn't injured though. He was like really faking his way through the whole thing. Yeah, that's why I said injured glove because it wasn't his hand. Oh, okay, sorry, <laughs> right. I wasn't sure if I had said hand or glove. But anyway, no, I mean it is hilarious. It really is because it's like, um, you know, this is. I I haven't been watching as long as everybody else, but my lasting memories of the haves involve embellishment. And mm-hmm. diving and pretending that they're hurt. I love that clip of when PK Subban was like trying to take a swing at Marshand, I think, and then he just fell over. I love that so much. Just totally wiped himself out. <laughs> of course, uh, Anthony and I, we know the greatest uh, hab diver at all time. And I'll just set you up, Anthony. I'm shooting it over to you. Slam dunk it. Say it. All right. Yeah, Mike Ribeiro just lying on the ice like he got shot no. by a sniper. <laughs> And then he gets up smirking like, huh, I know I, I know I'm a diving piece of shit. <laughs> He's oh. a jackass. He's just such a jackass. He is my he least is, favorite player in the NHL. He has yeah. absolutely no redeeming value. Yeah. He's he's just 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 nothing good about him. Yeah, now he's gotten worse too, being in Nashville being a uh a domestic assault charge, right? Predator. <laughs> yeah. Oh that's that perfect. Was sexual, it was a sexual assault charge, I think, was it? Yeah, um, it was a... or suit rather, not charge. Oh. He's uh, he's a piece of garbage for sure. I didn't know that he was on the Habs. Well, mm-hmm. just another reason to hate him, I guess. You know, but yeah, there are worse ones. He was there at the same time that Michael Ryder was. Um, which hmm. actually, speaking of favorite Habs rivalry moments, um, is of course the moment that that Michael Ryder justified his terrible contract. It was that one play. It did it. it, 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 it his a uh, glove save in the finals in in in, in the first round in 2011. Just at this point, I think it might be the only specific play that Michael Ryder ever made that I can even remember. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It just because that one play, it's like you're you're amazing. Okay, well done, Michael Ryder. Well done. Was that save of his in overtime, or did it eventually lead to overtime? I think it led to overtime because that okay. was game five, right? Uh, the only game of the playoffs that I missed that year. Oh. That was the same game as Ference's glove malfunction, too, wasn't it? Was it? <laughs> it might have been the same game as the um, uh, as the this uh, was it a um, uh, Halpern skating into a stationary into a stationary Ference's uh, uh, shoulder going down <laughs> and then coming back like five seconds later and um and and Habs fans going nuts over oh dirty hit dirty hits like Ference was standing still. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still a dirty hit, obviously, duh. <laughs> What a <laughs> I think the glove malfunction was game four. Yeah, because yeah, it was in Montreal. That was the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> he was just showing his appreciation for the Montreal fans. Oh, they, they deserved it. One. <laughs> it was great. I, you know, I see it and I actually don't really see much of a problem with it. I don't. Nah. Sorry. You know, now <laughs> if he came back and did that to Boston fans, I'd have a big problem with it. <laughs> mm. I don't think he would. No, he, he wouldn't. Would not. Is the middle finger still offensive in that regard? I mean, I don't know. I think there's worse gestures you can do on the eyes, honestly. There, there's more than a few pearl clutchers out there, though, right? You know. Yeah. I don't know. The middle fingers that you sent me this week, <laughs> I was deeply hurt. I'm sorry. And by deeply hurt, I mean amused completely. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Serves you right for having better internet than me. It, it, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. We all help each other out. And we, we all show our appreciation in different ways. <laughs> but anyway, last season, the, the uh, Bruins were completely blown out by the, uh, the, uh, the Haps. Like yeah. all, all four games, right? No yep. wins at all. Um, it was really disheartening to see, especially because, you know, it's like, I don't even think that they played Price in every game. You know, a lot of times you think Price um, is going to be a win for them. And, well, this season, that is true when Price is playing, but he's injured. Uh, so how how much does this win mean? Because Price wasn't in that. We're not discounting it. <laughs> or is it just that we just want Tuca to, uh, and the Bruins have this win so badly that we're just going to be okay. Anthony. Uh, it's, it still counts in a big way. Um, Price is not shooting on Tuka Rask, so he's, he doesn't have that problem there. And like you said, the getting swept for four Oh last season, three of those games were against Peter Dubai and uh, mm. take that as, as it is. Of course the wins are, we're going to take the wins whenever we can, just because we had a, you know, we had such a bad drought with them against Montreal and, I think anyway, you know, no matter what, whether it was Price or Tokarski or Budai or whatever, you know, we'd always struggle against them. And it wasn't, I always thought it had a lot to do with how they played in terms of discipline and um, not like defensively or offensively. They just kind of lost their shit sometimes. But um, yeah, I I mean, this win is totally, totally legit. You know, I mean, I'm not going to discount it because it was against Condon at all. And it was good for Tuca. I mean, Tuca needed that win. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I was putting that question out there because I just wanted, um, not that I want to support uh, Tuca haters because I'm not one of them and I don't (laughs) want to keep them going. I just think it's an important question to ask. Um, Mm -hmm. Nick. Oh, you know, Condon played a a great game. He's been playing well for the Habs. And what is, okay, so suppose Price is in net. So maybe the Bruins win 2-1 instead of 3-1. A win is still a win. It definitely is. Um, but it's just, you know, it's like, um, you know, when we play, when the Bruins play Capitals, Holpe's mm-hmm. in net, and you just go, oh, ugh, you can't even, Tuca can't even let in a goal, mm-hmm. okay, because yeah. he's so hard to score on. And Price, I think, is in some ways easier to score on. They see him a little bit more. They've seen him more. They just, they um, they haven't quite figured him out like they have Lundqvist, but mm-hmm. uh you know, there, there are ways to score um, on that defense and on uh, price. So I just, I thought it was an important question to ask. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Tim? Um, I, I think it definitely counts. I think that the biggest thing for me for the game was the, um, that they didn't seemingly take any stupid penalties. They didn't let the Habs get under their skin. That's the biggest thing that I take away from it. Even if they had lost the game, that would have probably been my biggest takeaway that they didn't try to goon up, I guess, or yeah. didn't fall into that trap because they seemingly do every single time that they play them and they didn't. And when they didn't look what happened, they won. So in I the, think if they can continue in the that Center. going forward, it'd be good. How much of that do you think is just a lack of Lucic? <laughs> uh, Lucic not losing is cool because he's not with us, is useful. But you also have guys like Marsh, which will mm-hmm. also take a bad penalty. Yeah. And actually appreciate the refs quickly calling uh, coincidental minors 
on Subban and Marsh, keeping the, uh, I guess, the fight level low uh, actually helped the Bruins. It made the Bruins play cool because they knew the reps weren't up for uh, any debauchery. It, it, there's other guys on the Bruins that can lose it. Like, even Chara. Is, Preachy uh, last time. Yeah. The losing of the cool against the, the Habs is typically team spread, team-wide, excuse mm-hmm. me. Right, right. I mean, I've seen Chara lose his shit on Yemelin because of the cross-check on S- uh, Sagan. Um, Placanich always does something to to um, Critchy. I saw a video one time. Of, he actually took a punch at him, you know, in a face-off. And it's like, well, after a while, it's like, yeah, you want to beat this guy into the ground. Um, so it's, you know, I, I'm just saying that Luch was like the poster boy for obvious hatred for uh, the Habs because of that whole... Um, playoff series you know and then the handshake line and not that i want to get into that because that whole thing is so silly um but i just i just wondered uh jeff um yeah everyone loses their shit against the habs with some regularity and it's 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 a problem but uh i do think that luch leaving was an issue it helped because um while he wasn't necessarily a leader on the team he definitely was the team's emotional core you know, I mean, I mean, the team, a lot of the time, the games very much seem to go as, you know, as Luchko, so goes the team. If he, if he was on and energetic and engaged, game team would tend to be unstoppable. But if he loses his shit and, get, and, and gets feisty, he causes enough problems that everyone else gets dragged in, right? Mm-hmm. I always thought that people like Marshan and Chara had bigger issues with the Habs when Lucic shot the, shot the bed first. So... <laughs> well, it's interesting that we brought up Brad Marchand because we have a player who is often compared to him in Gallagher, Brandon Gallagher, on, yeah. um, who I have to say I'm not a fan of him. I like I like our own pest. Mm-hmm. I don't like their version of him because he's just, I don't know, he's not ours. And to me, he seems a little bit more egregious. But he's been out yes. um, with um, with an injury caused by former Bruin. Johnny Boychuk. <laughs> right? Destroy it was, it took Chuck. A shot hand, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, so Johnny Rocket I, I again. Enjoy the Schadenfreude of that, but no, I ahead. just do. I just do because I can't stand Gallagher. Um, I, taking shots hurts. That really, mm-hmm. really does hurt. That's not the point I want to focus on. <laughs> I took a I shot want... to the stomach uh, Friday night in a pickup game. Ouch. It sucks. I'm yeah. not saying everybody should take a shot uh, or a slap shot off of um, their hand. Or but I'm not a Canadian, so people felt bad about it. I feel bad that you got hit in the stomach. Yeah. My heart goes out shot. to you, Nick. <laughs> but I, I really want to talk about how Brendan Gallagher was not in that game. Is that something that was really noticeable? It's it's hard to say if you know one player is really going to have an effect upon a game. I mean, of course, uh, with Price, you, you'll see that goaltenders or maybe a a super uh, big time forward or defenseman. But Brendan Gallagher in 22 uh, games had 19 points. Yeah. So he was clearly doing something right for the team. So it's maybe not super overt that they were missing him, but yeah, that that definitely hurts them. I think the the difference between having a priceless Canadians team and a priceless and Gallagher Canadians team. Yeah. I'll, I'd rather have a team. Uh, I'm sure Canadian fans rather have uh, one guy out instead of both. I think the combination of the two um, really hurts the Canadians. I think you've been seeing that what they lost four or five in a row. Um, so yeah, the Canadians are hurting right now with both those guys out. Awesome. 
I just love it. I just I love <laughs> that they're failing at this time. It's just oh, I know. I mean, we're, we're, we're only eight standings points behind them now, which um, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. a month ago, that seemed like we would never close that gap because they right. had like a you know, 12 point lead on anyone else in the division. And don't, don't the Bruins have games in hand? Like, yes, like three games. We in have hand? three games in hand. Yeah. So that's totally, um, you know, if the Bruins played three games while the Canadians stayed still and they won all of those games, we'd be within two points. Right. right. Yeah. Correct. That would be so cool. So, you know, the obviously the Winter Classic is coming up. Oh. It is coming up in, uh, well, it is, it, <laughs> yeah, like uh, almost three weeks away. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the, the Canadians and the Bruins are playing down at Gillette. How do we think this game's going to go? I don't want to say anything. Don't well, jinx it. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to make a prediction. I just, you know, like, uh, you know, I think Price is still going to be out. You know, he's going to be out. Gallagher's trying to come back. He thinks he might, you know, it'll be like on the cusp of it. Maybe he'll come back like just after, but he really wants to be back. And speaking of Gallagher, my my fantasy team is also missing him. And I also read somewhere that uh, Price, um, Price may not be as missed as Gallagher. Like they think that Gallagher is really more of the reason why the Habs are doing as badly as they are right now, even though price is helpful. But going back to the Winter Classic, I think it's going to be a great game, especially since we just won recently. So um, it'll they'll be pumped. Everyone's going to be pumped for it. I hope it's a good game. I think so, too. I, I mean, I think this this win this week is, is carrying a lot of Bruins fans a long way. I can't imagine that the team has kind of moved on from it in their hearts, you know? Yes, Anthony. With uh, how warm it's been in New England so far this, this winter season, how much is that going to play into the winter classic this year? I mean, they they did outdoor games in LA, right? So yeah, (laughs) they'll figure it out. I mean, they did it in LA. Yeah, the NHL's ice guys got his shit together, so. Yeah, I know, but, you know. 60 degrees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still not going to be, like, NHL stadium ice or arena ice, you know. It's a different version of that. So, it's going to be probably good in parts and bad in others, you know. Mm. Um, it is a, a really interesting factor to think about, though, because as I enjoy going out for a walk in 50-degree weather, um, I'm not really thinking about how in three weeks um, there's going to be a team where uh, a couple of teams playing on ice that's in Gillette stadium and it's not quite cold enough yet, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so still change at any moment though. Yeah. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. I'll say that, that's still, it's still a few weeks away. Um, I, uh, I mean, right now in sunny old North Carolina, it's actually 72 degrees out right now. Um, Give it, you know, a day, it's probably going to be 52 uh, here. I'm sure New England isn't that much different. So they'll, they'll figure it out. They've had boring games uh, for Winter Classic and Stadium Series before. The players don't like it, but the fans are going to be there. It's still going to be awesome. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I think the fans, I mean, the, the, the players might not like the ice, but I think they really like the event. Right. It's it's right. a special event, you know, so they'll have their A games and, and whatever um, going. Um. You know, and something about the ice, too. I'm not sure if you've ever been to an NHL game, but it's not like it's 32 degrees all of a sudden when you walk into those games. I mean, it's still, 
you, not, it's, you might need to wear a hoodie, but it's still above freezing at an NHL rink. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you are, because I think that the at ice level, on the ice, the, well, what they use to as the pipes underneath the ice, I, I think it's like negative uh, 9 degrees Celsius yeah. is what they oh, use wow. to, to freeze up everything. Um, hmm. You know, so... Um, yeah, there's a great video that we should probably link to. Um, it's a how it's made Canadian mm-hmm. uh, ice rinks. Um, we should do that. We should link that up somewhere uh, so people can see that. But because I love watching ice rinks get made and painted, I just I think it's fantastic. I'm just such a nerd. But you it, can share the video with some of the ice rinks around here because they suck. <laughs> the ice rinks here suck too. It's so bad. There's like patches of concrete. And it's just, oh. I don't know. It's horrid. <laughs> it is so horrible. Well, you know, it humidity factor, factors into things, you know, so like, um, and obviously the, uh, the, the temperature of the, of things without humidity is, is yeah. as well, but. Oh, oh, 80s playoff games skating in the fog. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Oh, like well, in the. Uh, oh, blackout at the garden basically didn't change gameplay because they couldn't see shit anyway because it was far <laughs> <mostly> that thick. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, on, on the other side of that, the two eight, uh, what was it, two thousand eight finals for the the uh, Celtics, or maybe it was some playoff game in there. Um, the there was water leaking up through the parquet. Oh. Oh, no, wow. and they put like a couple of layers in between that stuff, so the water coming up through there. I mean, it was just a really weird summer that year. Um, and, uh, that re- just reflected it, but, but anyway, getting back to the ice rinks. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it depends on where you are in the, the arena as to how cold it is. Uh, the closer you are to the ice, it's colder. Uh, generally though, I get by with a long sleeve shirt and a jersey. Probably a jersey would be great, you know, maybe for Christmas. Anyway, anyway, um, so, I mean, who knows what it's going to be like outside? I mean, I've heard it described as, like, just being, like, pond ice anyway, even in the best situations, which can be kind of unpredictable. And how many uh, outdoor games have they had up to this point? This is kind of a common thing now. I think they got it down pat. Yeah, what do they do? They spend, like, two weeks making the ice or something? Oh, yeah. And then you also got to think about it. They've done that. We have the stadium series now. They've have They've had all the other... Uh, outdoor games for the winter classics before like this is almost it's the novelty maybe has worn off a little bit uh i guess the upside of that is there's a routine there's a process to it uh but yeah it, you, I, I'm, I'm super hyped for this game and i, I know the players are too um i just because they told me they did <laughs> well that's excellent that you have a a, a lifeline with the team Okay, wait a minute. Now, I got to get down to this, Nick. When you talk to the team, is it yeah. a big red phone? Do they call you? or Black is and this... gold. It's a black and gold phone. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a black and gold phone. You remember that um, old phone that you kind of got as a kid had a smiley face on it? Yep. It's that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just put a Bruins sticker on it, like, and they talk to me. It's awesome. You know what? Don't go telling any um, uh, medical doctors that they might prescribe something for it. But uh... <laughs> No, no, no. I think you should just go with this. This is fine. Everything's okay, Nick. Thanks. Everything is great. If you're talking to the team, I just want to hear, you know, good things that they have to say. And, um, uh, you know, give, uh, give them all our regards and then tell them how great we think most of them are. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's a, pro- 
surprisingly, um, Talbot's a jerk. What? He never calls back. I never can't believe that. Did you see the picture on Twitter there in the Christmas suits, though? Him, um, uh, him, him, Connolly, and uh, and, and 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 Randall. It seemed it was pretty awesome. Nice. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure Talbot was the one driving the bus on that because he's a notoriously quirky guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, does Trotman actually speak? Because he doesn't look like no. he knows how to speak. No, he doesn't. No, he can't. All right, I just like in the Hunger Games, they cut off his tongue. <gasps> oh, I haven't seen the Hunger Games, but I'm just gonna go pretend like I did. <gasps> Um, any parting thoughts on the on the, the Habs? We will talk about this again and again and again until time wears away. So, I mean, so we all agree. It's great that, that they won the game. Tuca got the monkey off his back, I hope. Um, and everything's good. Kate, you look like you were going to say something. I was just say, thinking, like, just based on, like, I was thinking about, like, why especially... I hate the Habs so much. And I mean, I don't want to like go into that now, but I think it's really telling that when I was a kid, I used to really watch the Bruins and really follow them back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I remember thinking, like, I never realized how good of a player Chris Chelios was until he got traded to the Blackhawks. So I was just like, I couldn't stand him as a Hab. And then I could like totally appreciate him, but on a totally different team that was like far away from us. So I guess that just is speaking to how much like being a have kind of colors my judgment. So <laughs> ah, so you think it's just a fluke that if they have any talent, I just can't say I like them. You know, it would be something like say if like PK Subban were traded to the like the Kings, I would be like, yeah, that's awesome. But I mean, right now, I mean, I'm just like, okay, he's a nice person. He seems he seems like a good guy on the ice. I don't even want to look at him. He's awful, but. Let's just put it this way. I haven't been watching for as long as you guys have, okay? Um, and I just knew immediately how to hate the Habs. It was kind yeah. of like I had a Bruins starter kit, and I <laughs> opened it up, and it said, how to hate the Habs. And all I had to do was, like, turn the page on that manual, and it said, completely and totally. And that's it. <laughs> Everything the Habs make it easy them. to hate them. Yeah. It is. It, it, it was so easy to hate them very quickly, you know? So... I don't think too much about it. It's just I let it. I let the hate flow through me and out. That's all. Good. <laughs> all right. So why don't we wrap it up by talking about our bare necessities here? Okay, all right. Drinking this week. Who wants to start first? Okay, Nick. I'll start off. Uh, I'm throughout this podcast and throughout the week. I'll be drinking a Highland Brewing Company Gaelic Ale. Highland Brewing Company is, of course, one of the 500 breweries located in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, probably the most well-known. It's a good ale, a bit heavy. So uh, if you're trying to drink a lot of these for a long overtime game, don't do it. You'll become very <laughs> full very quickly. Um, but it goes good with just about anything. Uh, it even pairs well with coffee because I went from coffee straight to this. It was great. All right. So, Tim, what do you think? Well, well, Tim, right now throughout this podcast, has had uh, Shipyard Gingerbread Head. It has been fantastic throughout this podcast. And I'm just going to continue on with the Shipyard. Main brewed beer. I mean, you like to help my local economy. So, Shipyard, absolutely. So, we're basically going regional here. I like this. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go to Jeff. So, right now, and I've got a few more cans of it in the fridge, I'm uh, working on a Tatamagush Brewing Company, um, uh, Hippy Dippy Pale. It's um, it's not bad. It's it's a very just 
mild pale ale, and I'm enjoying it. So uh, I have four more of those in the fridge. So at least the Oilers game, probably the first period of the pens, at which point I'm probably going to have to fall back on whiskey because that's what else I have. But, uh... <laughs> I just have to ask, where is yours brewed? Katamagush in Nova Scotia. Ah, of course. Okay. Hey! We're continuing with the regional theme. Yes. Um, Kate. I'm going to totally ruin this because I got last week, I saw that, and I'm going to butcher the name of it. I think it's like Record League or something like that. It's Swedish. It's um, the hard oh, cider that we yeah. had. Yeah, Record League. Anyway, um, it's really good. It goes down like soda. I had another one last night and it was just like, wow. What kind? I, I mean, I really it, like them. For those who don't know, it's a cider. It's a Swedish it's cider. It's a cider. Yeah. And it oh, comes in all these wonderful different flavors. I had a berry one when I met uh, VA over the summer. And this one now is a uh, pear. And it's just really good. It only comes in a four pack. So I'm almost done with it. But that'll probably be my go to and I'm not drinking anything right now because it's 1030 in the morning, except for my <laughs> coffee. You and my your coffee. silly time zone. I know. <laughs> my coffee, though, is Dunkin Donuts vanilla cupcake. And it is awesome. Ooh. <laughs> I don't even think we can get that here. Um, <laughs> Anthony, now you broke my heart last week. Um, so how are you going to break my heart this week? I don't have any more of the coffee milk stout. I know, that's how you broke my heart. You (laughs) drank it all. I drank it all during the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking drinking Lennon Kugel's Cranberry Ginger Shandy. Lennon Kugel. Lennon Kugel. Kugel. Uh, There's a lot of letters there. It's E-I in German is I. Anyway, Hi. well, it's really good, and I know I kind of shit on ginger beers when I described my uh, bourbon punch, but this is, uh, it's gingery. I didn't get the cranberry at first, but, you know, you get halfway through it, and, uh, like, hey, there's there's the cranberry flavor, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a very light cranberry flavor, because I had that a couple weeks ago. Um, I got the holiday pack, so I had the mocha berry, which was bizarre, but wonderful. Mm. And then the ginger and the cranberry. And I have not touched the pear one because that's kind of like Glenn's domain. Hands off. Mm. <laughs> and I'm surprised I found it at a gas station in Plymouth because oh, wow. gas stations in Plymouth is 30 packs of PBR, Natty Light, and the College Rock. Kids. No, yeah. exactly. You know, they're, they're trying to cater to PSU there. So. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lennon Kugel is kind of a big... It's my kind of place. It's... It... <laughs> <laughs> What am I drinking this week? Last week, I could drink nothing because I felt awful all week long. Um, but I still have some of the Leinenkugel shandies. Um, today, I drank, drank what surprisingly turned out to be fine, but it was a Weinstefan or Fest beer. That is from the oldest brewery in Germany uh, oh. since 1040. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Weinstefan is good stuff. Um, they're down in Munich. But... Um, I still have the lovely Barsteiner. I still have the Deep Eddie vodka that I've not really touched very much of at all, but no halves this week, so I'm probably not going to touch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm good to go. I got those things. You know, I am still going to document my sadness for not having Narragansett oh, coffee milk stout, although I have a lead on where there could be some. So You could have some in uh, Camden, New Hampshire. At the Winter Classic. I could. I have to figure out what's going on. It's <laughs> We're touch and go on this. I, I Oh, yeah. I can't. I don't want to ask questions that I don't necessarily want the answer to right now. You know? 
could be a surprise. Could be could totally be. a surprise in the bad way. I don't know. We'll find out. So, you know, it's Christmas. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that pretty much wraps it up for our show. Before we uh, leave, I wanted to have a couple of shout outs to, um, to a couple of people. Uh, first of all, we have uh, one of uh, Nick's friends, Brian Leary, has been listening to us and sharing the podcast. So we very much appreciate that. It's wonderful that people um, are enjoying it and sharing it. Uh, we wanted to give a shout out to Brett in the back row from Twitter. Who? Hey, listeners, this is Barely in Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast, a podcast for the Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. This week's episode, episode six, It's a Glorious Day to Hate the Habs, is a discussion of the more recent aspects of the Bruins-Canadians rivalry. Honestly, we could have a whole season of episodes about the history of these two original six teams. As always, I'm VA, and I'm joined by our usual panel of Anthony, Jeff, Kate, Nick, and Tim. Don't worry, we'll also cover the bare necessities, and we will have some shout-outs for the listeners. Enjoy! Who liked us this week and told us how much he liked us. Like, our first real Twitter interaction with somebody that we didn't know, but we hope <laughs> we will know now. Um, and we want to give a shout-out to Jessica Luther at... SCATX on Twitter for adding us to a list of female-led sports podcasts. That is really cool. Um, you know, we didn't really think of it ourselves that way, but uh, it's good to think of ourselves in different ways from time to time. So, as always, you can contact us on Twitter at Barely on Topic. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under the same name. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, which is our home base right now. And uh, I hope that everybody has a great week watching the games. By the way, I'm going to the game tomorrow night. I'm very excited. Andrew Woo! Kirk, better play. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody hide Shia if he doesn't play. Oh my god. Take up a collection, too. <laughs> I'm going to shave off McClellan's Perma 5 Clock Shadow, even though he's trying to grow a beard mustache goatee thing right now i don't know what it is but i'm just gonna shave it off so you better play him does he still have like the walrus mustache or is that a different coach i'm thinking that was, that was, that, that was paul mcclain that was yeah. Paul McLean. yeah this is todd mcclellan he was the former sharks co uh, coach who yeah. just had like five o'clock shadow all the time so this is really cut short goatee nastiness yeah yeah it's <laughs> he's yeah it's not a book. whatever he should shave it off but play him tomorrow night that's what i say so uh, anyway, enjoy your week of Bruins games. Uh, Timmy, you want to take us out? Word! 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 Word. Word. Word.